0: And I'm not making an excuse here, but the fact is I did have the worst tag-team partner of all time. And for whatever reason, Kurt Angle thinks it would be smart to team up with him again, but I don't want to team up with Bob, no. I want to fight Bob. And if Kurt don't want us to fight at Extreme Rules, then I say we do it right here, right now. Because I don't like Bob. Bob is an egomaniac, and Bob is a fool, because Bob actually believes that he's the guy. When the fact is, 10 years ago, you weren't the guy because you couldn't handle the role. And the fact is, 10 years from now, you still won't be the guy because I'm the guy. man around here. I'm the big dog who runs this yard.
1: Whoa, Bob. Those are some harsh words that Roman had for you. What do you have to say to him? All right, everybody. It's another episode of the Small Packet Show today on the show. Two WWE superstars on the shelf. Who's injured? And how long will they be out? We got some recaps of UFC,
2: including maybe a wwe superstar appearance
1: oh all right yeah we got that ufc 226 news also raw smackdown and also another superstar from new japan injured all that and more today on the small package show hey bob would you mind hitting with it smile
0: back out yeah, yeah yeah
1: Everybody. Welcome back. Small package show time is here. Episode 91. Wow. Look yeah, it is 91. Over two years strong. Small package show. Couple of uh, brief hiatuses in there. Took a little a bit of time off, but but we do it for you. We come back continuously for you. Bob, how are you doing today? How are things going I'm over Bob? Fine. I'm fine.
0: Doing it, doing it
1: hanging out there. Uh Speaking of UFC, I heard that you he did an interview. Oh uh, Yeah, I mean, I talked to Demetrius
2: Johnson, which is pretty nice uh, flyweight champ uh, for all you non-UFC fans, and also arguably the most dominant UFC champ in history uh, with his 11 uh, consecutive title defenses, Hell yeah. uh, and potentially 12 come this August. Yeah. So. Uh, but he was just named uh, the cover athlete of the UFC 3 Ultimate Edition, I believe. And some kind of special edition, you know, it includes all the That's pretty cool, all of the DLC and new new fighters mm-hmm. uh, like Mirko Krokop, Kimbo Slice, uh, Tito... R.I.P. Slice. Uh, Sylvia, I believe. You would know better uh, than me. No, Tito Ortiz, yes. Um. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's available. It's actually only forty bucks or something. That's pretty good. Cool. Uh, and everyone who already owns UFC
1: three gets uh, it for free anyway. And hey, an update. So that's nice of them. So let's uh, go ahead and transition real quick since we're already talking UFC straight into UFC two hundred and twenty six from the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Yeah, we do have all of your results here from the show uh so in the lightweight match that was canceled due to uh-huh. injury so on the main card we had khalil roundtree uh getting a tko on saki in the first round uh no score there um it, we had a lightweight fight uh anthony pettis submitted michael chisa or chiesa Forget how to pronounce his name. Uh, Only fifty-two seconds into the second round, he got the submission. So he came out blazing, got the submission. Yeah.
2: Oh, um, I I uh, caught the end of that match. Mm -hmm. You know, there's clips. Sure, sure. On the MMA subreddit of most of the endings of the matches, Uh, I caught the ending of that one, and somebody said that the guy who got the submission, um. Uh, uh, Pettis. Yes, Pettis has like the most submission wins from the bottom in like UFC, Pride, something, some like a bunch, like all combined history. Sure, because I guess like he has like combined. seven, like from the bottom submission victories, hmm. which I guess is rare.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's. You're you're typically when you're on the bottom side, it's tougher to get the leverage for, mm-hmm. for a lot of moves. Um we had a welterweight division fight. Mike Perry won by decision against Paul Felder. Uh final score is twenty nine twenty eight. Uh worth noting, a lot of blood in this match, and uh uh Paul Felder broke his arm at Ooh, some geez. point at some point uh during the middle of the match. Um, not exactly sure when the arm break happened. Uh, something similar happened la- la- at USC 225. I'm trying to remember which fight it was off the top of my head. Somebody broke their hand like halfway through the fight. Oof. I think it was in one of the heavyweight fights. Um, tough. I mean, you're you're talking about a, a contact combat sport. Tough enough as it is without a a broken arm or or hand. Um, you know when you have to use. All four of your limbs to stave off your opponent. Uh, so that brings us to one. So there's two interesting fights to talk about. One for positive reasons and one for not so positive. Uh, and that brings us to the heavyweight Derek Lewis uh, defeating Francis Nagano by decision in the third round. And you can tell that this is a bad fight because after three rounds, the, the final judge's score was 20 to 19. Um, mm-hmm. This was the one where in the middle of the match, the referee had to come out and tell them to fight.
2: Yeah, he he seriously came out. He called time on the match, brought both fighters in, and was like, "You you guys need to engage, otherwise, like you're gonna start losing points." Like, <laughs> throws punches.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it insane. Um, and I think it was either Joe Rogan or Dana White after the match uh, went on to. Uh, either a blog or Twitter and said that Nagano's ego is out of control. And even Lewis came out and said that beating Nagano in this way, in this match took him two steps backwards. Um, It was not a good fight.
2: Yeah. Uh, Lewis also tweeted that his back hurt. I mean, sure. Going into it. And so he's like, I'm sorry. I didn't, I wasn't able to give you guys the performance I was expecting. Sure. But at least I got the win. Basically.
1: I mean, he got the. He did get the win. I mean, his record goes up in the win column. <laughs> you can certainly say that about this match, but it's definitely not. Um, what but UFC it also needs. says
2: something that if a guy going in with a back injury gets the win,
1: that is also true. <laughs> I mean, this is definitely not the type of match that UFC needs right now because they've been struggling with pay per view buys this year, especially since um, they've been hyping Naganu
2: so much. I know,
1: right? I mean, they were talking about him being in a lot of match pictures including uh the possible return of Brock Lesnar right he we'll got get to that. he
2: got that he got that big you know KO punch victory against whoever yeah. This is how much I follow. I, I generally know it, what happens with some fair. people, but I uh, have, hey, don't remember it's, fight it, names. It, it's fair. Also, these,
1: these guys' names are usually
2: pretty tricky. Yeah. Like, I mean, WWE is designed to have easy-to-remember names because hey, they're man. not real. <laughs> Dude,
1: here's the thing. is I have pushed you into the deep end when it comes to... Hey, we're covering UFC stuff when it happens now, so
2: it's okay. And I do enjoy it. It's like fun. I, I, I like watching the clips and I like following along with some of the news and you and know stuff. But I that's think this is a as nice. Far as I'm getting really getting,
1: I'm going to be honest. I think it's a good venture for us to get into it because it's a nice break from WWE. Um, to and it still quenches that that bloodlust. Even though WWE is scripted, it satiates that <laughs> enjoying watching fights, except sure. that they're real. Um. And not obviously not to take anything away from the wrestlers because they're very athletic. They put their bodies on the line and we love the product, but UFC is a nice way to change it up. And which brings us to uh, speaking of how entertaining it is, the main event, man, uh, you know, some people don't like first round knockouts especially when they wait up all night through the prelims and the undercard right,
2: you pay for a show and you finally get I'm, to it. And then it's like, Oh, 30 seconds later. I mean, well,
1: that's it. We had that with several fights that we watched for Rhonda and Conor McGregor, where uh-huh. we'd wait up till midnight main event starts. And it's like, you know, McGregor knocked that guy out in like 30 seconds or 15 seconds. Ronda yeah, knocked when that out. happens, that's fucking awesome. That's, that's what exciting. I'm saying. I think that personally it is a plus for UFC because you have no idea. It could go five round decision for the title, or it could be like done. Just knockout. Uh this match won about four minutes. Um mm-hmm. I don't have the exact time written down, my bad. Uh, but Daniel TC Cormier defeats Stipe Meosic. Something. It's I'm, Stipe something. I think it's Meiosic or Meiosic. I think I'm saying it right. Um and it was a it was a good fight. I mean, it was there was some controversy, some people were claiming there was some some eye gouge happening in there and and that um you know questioning the intentionalness of it intention intent uh-huh. of it um but in the end ultimately d c gets the win. he is now the reigning light heavyweight champion and heavyweight champion. he becomes the second person to be um Holders of two weight class belts after McGregor after McGregor. Um, And uh, this puts a lot of uh, questions to bed about whether or not he could do it. Um, It definitely catapults him up the ranks when it comes time for talking about greatest UFC champions. Um, Uh The ability to not only be dominant in one weight class and have a very clean record. I think he only has one. Or two losses overall. As, as a light heavyweight. As a light heavyweight. Yeah. And as a heavyweight, he ran the board because he had to. Um, and so definitely catapults DC up the list. Um, and then the interesting thing, I don't want to say the interesting thing, because the fight was interesting. Yeah. I thought the card was pretty good, other uh-huh. than the Naganu fight. Yeah. Um
2: which is being called one of the worst fights. It was in recent I mean, it's
1: bad, but um this is what I will say. Is one of the also interesting things that happened is in his post match interview with Joe Rogan, DC is talking and everything's normal. It's going according to what you'd expect from a post fight. He's thanking his, his friends and stuff. He's, he's thanking the crowd. And then he goes, Brock Lesnar, I know you're here. He says, There's a wrestler who wants to be a fighter who's in the crowd tonight. And I know he's here. Brock Lesnar, get your bitch ass in this octagon. Brock comes in in a suit. He sto- He storms the, the cage is the way it should be put. He also kind of looks like he's smiling and laughing. A little. He was... If... if I mean, I'm assuming this is all pre-planned. You have, has to, gotta be. you have to assume. Dana White had to look like he was confused. Joe Rogan had to look like he was bewildered, but like enjoying it because Joe Rogan loves the drama. However, it I mean, Brock Lesnar, if this was all pre-planned, then he was corpsing, especially since it was clear he was going to be full heel going in. Uh huh. Um, but he was kind of smart but it's tough to tell with Brock because he, he enjoys conflict so sure. maybe he was just legitimately like fuck yeah I'll get in the ring it, it's debatable whether or not it was planned or not obviously with WWE sort of being involved I mean they let Brock go to this he's under contract with WWE right now so they had to let him do this um, DC calls him out for a championship fight and Brock gets in the ring and immediately shoves DC, which one of DC's boys must not have known this was going to happen because then he, and he is like, your height, Bob. This, uh-huh. Did you see the, the guy in the white shirt? No. He, so if you rewatch the clip, Brock comes in, he storms up to DC and he pushes him. And then a dude who you might have an inch or two on, okay, uh-huh. in a white shirt pushes Brock and Brock briefly turns his head in that guy's direction And that guy doesn't back down. Oh, no. And somebody in a UFC shirt saves this man's life. (laughs) And and grabs him and drags him from Brock. And then like a fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex being like, well, there's a meal in front of me. I'm not going to chase this other one. Brock continues towards DC. Because if he had not, there is a good chance that that guy might have been either F5'd or just ground and pounded. Because he pushed Brock and Brock immediately was like, the fuck did you just do? And so Brock challenges the fuck, accepts the challenge. Joe Rogan talks to him for a second and he calls, he called, first off, it was kind of bullshit of him. Well, I mean, if he's in the heel character, it is what it is. But he called Meosik a piece of shit. Uh, Even though he was a very, he was gracious in defeat. You know, he had nothing but nice things to say about DC And, uh, you know, it's like, he was just the better fighter today. Uh, so that was very frustrating and and, and infuriating, but at the end of the day, uh, DC says, if you push me now, I'm going to put you out later or put you to sleep later. Uh Uh, so very interesting stuff to see Brock Lesnar in the octagon, apparently getting lined up for a shot at the heavyweight championship, which is kind of bullshit to a lot of UFC fans, especially since Brock is technically, still has a six-month suspended sentence until he officially unretires in UFC. So once he unretires, there's a six-month period he has to sit out. He's hmm. technically right now retired in UFC. So his, suspe- his sentence from the USADA drug bust or drug test that he failed hasn't even started yet. And you also have to remember his last fight, he won, and then it, the decision was overturned because of the drugs. And they're going to put him in the title match. Which, as a WWE fan, is very interesting, and as a general entertainment fan, is very interesting. It gives a lot of, you know, umph to the to the flavor of the match. I feel like because Brock's story is a story coming back. However, if you want to talk about the legitimacy of the championship, what if Brock wins after drug violations? He hasn't had. He's had like what one or two fights in the last like eight years. It's been a while since he's really had. Fight, yeah he had the hunt fight and it was a one-off uh-huh so we'll have to see but ultimately good ufc pay-per-view can't wait for the next one um ufc 227 will come up uh in august i believe i believe that's the next big one is in august i'll check the dates on that dude later. dude yes why not what if brock wins the title and he wins
2: the title off dc sure And then he vacates the title because he's like, you know what, I'm I'm retired. Like I'm going out on top. Bye. I'm done. He could totally do that. And then UFC does a fatal four way match to determine the new. I
1: would lose my mind.
2: (laughs) Or they start a tournament.
1: (laughs) Yeah, dude. They have a what if? What if Brock wins and beats DC and is the new champion? And at the same pay per view, they have a money in the bank case match in the <laughs> octagon. And they just put in like a bunch of other heavyweights. And fuck it. A, a, light, a couple light heavyweights. Why not? And one. Give them a. <laughs> and then one lightweight dude. Cause flippy. Flippy shit. <laughs> <laughs> right? They put in like. Cram, <laughs> climb the ladder, kid. Make yourself famous. Yeah. I mean, this is. That's what we really need in UFC is more wrestling entertainment stuff. Um, so that was UFC 22 uh, 226. Good show, enjoyable. And uh, guys, let us know. Uh, f- give us some feedback. Hit us up on Twitter and our Facebook at Small Package Pod. Uh, let us know what you think about covering UFC stuff. We're you know kind of easing into this, and uh, we want to know what you guys think. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think in the comments. Anyway, let's get to the wrestling news. Uh so. First off, let's start off with let's start off with Raw. Um, not a ton happened on Raw. No, it was a largely enjoyable show, though. It's weird because uh, usually when there's not a lot of story, like a story progression, you tend to say that you hated the show. Well, but there kind of was some story
2: progression.
1: So, you had the Sasha Bailey
2: whole like story, and it was also outside ring segments. And I do like outside my outside of the ring and outside of the arena segments.
1: That is fair. We did get a. Attitude era level esque amount of not in the ring backstage stuff and outside of the arena, not and mm-hmm. well, I, last week we
2: that's different, too. yeah, because car had, stuff, yeah. But you had you had the whole like Kevin Owens hiding, slinking around backstage, and this week, yeah, interacting with the valet as he was pulling up. Um, oh, and also, I, think, I thought it was really funny how uh, at the start of the show because they are in California or somewhere you know, no, they're in North Dakota, I think, or something point is they're somewhere towards the West side of the country. Um, and so when they cut to Kevin Owens, you know, driving in, it was still light out. And Cole said something about, he's like, just a reminder, folks, we're out here. So that's why it's still light out. (laughs) It's like,
1: Because sometimes they pre-tape those segments and they don't think about the fact that their show is going on at eight o'clock. And what if we run this at ten and it's dark out? Yeah, sometimes, man. But it was, you know, we got a lot of backstage stuff, like you were saying. We had Kevin Owens also interacting with Jinder Mahal, who, for some reason, has gone back to his peace and inner serenity character. Maybe he's he's teased it. I mean, he just did it once. He's teased it a couple weeks, and this week is the is we saw him meditating. So he's uh-huh. he's talked about trying to find his inner peace again. We'll see what happens with that, but we also got Elias interacting with the Riot Squad? Yeah, I mean, it was just him, like, hanging out backstage, and he
2: starts playing, like, uh, he goes to start playing, and then the Riot Squad girls come up, and they're like, hey, Elias, and he's like, oh, hey, and they're like, because they've been doing this whole thing where they've been running through the backstage, like, wrecking shit up, because they've been rioting (laughs) smashing
1: Um, people's private property
2: but so he was just like all right you're ready to go and he starts playing them a song while they start rioting which i thought was pretty fun
1: yeah you know we got a lot of backstage stuff and also like you were saying dr shelby um people are saying might make a a bigger presence on the show Mm -hmm. and has already made a big presence on the show we had what two or three two or three segments yeah uh depending i mean there's pretty much
2: like two major ones that they might have used like a couple smaller little ones, but it was, you know, it's fun. You know, I like it when they do stuff like this, when it's, when they treat it like a show, you know, I don't need to see eight wrestling matches every time. I understand that they're doing live, you know, performance. And like, I understand that they have to put on a show for the people who are paying money to sit in an arena for three hours. And honestly, I
1: do like having a lot. I do. I like
2: like it when it's, a show aspect of it too. You know, for that's sure. Fun. I think that they get to just be their characters and have fun with it.
1: It's the distinction between the WWE product versus a lot of other products because with like new Japan and a lot of other shows, it's more, you're there specifically for the wrestling but with WWE. Well, new Japan is as a sport really, because they do, sure. they do their press conferences
2: and they do, they treat it like one. Yeah. They do stuff like that, which is their version of their show. Like yeah, that's exactly. their shows, their press conferences. I, and then totally they go agree. to the, pay-per-views and then it's like match 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 because that's what ufc is like that's what boxing is like that's what wrestling is like sure
1: and you have some like intermediaries like with evolve which is you know obviously all live show stuff and they don't really do as much of the backstage stuff it's more about the in-ring competition they fly through matches and even with uh you know impact and stuff you know there's more in-ring than backstage stuff. But the thing that really sets WWE apart is that there is a lot more of this backstage and the promos and the vignettes and stuff. And I think that sometimes they, they're they caught in, in this spot where they're trying to cater to too, too many audiences, where they've been trying to add, let's just do a lot more wrestling matches, which is important. But we've lost over the last 5-10 years A lot of that stuff that made it so good back in the Attitude and early Ruthless Aggression Yeah, the characters. The characters. The the character building. I mean, you think about some of the greatest promos, and a lot of them are built on stuff that happened backstage. Or the greatest feuds, I mean. Some of the greatest feuds are based on stuff that happened backstage. I mean, think about some of the most memorable feuds. A lot of it happened not in ring competition, but either backstage or just cutting promos in the ring and people interrupting them. And it's not about people getting their hands on each other thirty fucking times before the pay-per-view. Right. It, be it in singles matches or tag
2: matches or, right. you know, interrupting them and brawling in the ring and then it's getting it, separated or
1: it's the it's the problem where we always make the joke about them blowing their load too early, but really it is just they they give away this match so many times on TV that by the time the pay per view comes, you're like, "Well, I don't care. This is the fourth time I've watched them in four weeks. So why do I why do I need to see them fight again? You can do TV matches between people who are in a feud. That's fine once in a while. But when that's most of your programming is the or is the you know you use
2: you know the their first match as the kickstart, you know, it ends in a DQ because someone went to aggressive with it and that's then fine they-
1: but then they don't get their hands on each other every week especially in the go home show um they have they have this happen all the time where on the go home show they'll have not just them get their hands on each other it would be fine if it was like it's the go home show and it's like okay you have uh you know kane and kane and, and daniel bryan fighting the usos on the go home show and then the bludgeon brothers come out and smash them with their hammers and then leave them in a pool uh-huh that's fine like the right, blood great build, yeah. But like, how it, it should be. But if next week on the Go Home show we see the Blood Brothers versus Kane and and Daniel Bryan, I would be upset because i would be like, well, then why do I give a shit at the pay per view to watch this again? Yeah. E- regardless of if if the outcome is different, I don't care. I just saw this match. But anyway, other stuff that happened. Um, Mojo Raleigh got new entrance music. Yeah, I guess it's not a huge thing, but it is. I feel like a little noteworthy. I think that they're trying to. I don't know rehab his character again? Rebuild his character again?
2: Yeah, I I mean, in all fairness, this is a a it's a weirdly interesting thing and it's a With somewhat no. rare thing that it's actually a feud between two w- WWE built stars. When was the last time we've
1: seen a That's feud fair. from
2: two pure WWE built stars?
1: Um can't really think of one off the top of my head i mean enzo and Cass. well yeah but i mean that that feud sucked yeah <laughs> well <laughs> this know. one isn't a master class yeah <laughs> um but it is interesting at least um no way jose you know he's he's an entertaining guy and we've seen his work in nxt we know he can do good work maybe they give him and mojo a kickoff show match Um
2: yeah they're, they're gonna end up on the pre-show for sure
1: um Interesting, just note real quick, and then I'll get on to my last thing about Raw. Uh, it's irritating how Ronda Rousey has been promoted as banned from Raw, suspended from Raw, but not from the MSG House show, which we will get to. We'll talk about this MSG House show. And she's also going to be at uh, Extreme Rules. Even, even though she's... I mean, I get she's, she's suspended from Raw, and they're not going to suspend her from the pay-per-view even even in Kfabe, they're like, no, no, no. She'll be there. Please buy tickets. But it's just sort of frustrating that they're like advertising that she's she's suspended from RAW for her actions. But we're gonna give her the payday for the MSG show. It's like right. that's not. How, come on, guys, make your kayfabe realistic. Uh, final thing. So I had a note here that we got to see Reigns versus uh, Reigns and Lashley versus the Revival uh, again, which is just sort of. All right, guys. Literally three weeks in a row. I mean, I get that the point of it is about building the tension between Reigns and Lashley to build towards their match at Extreme Rules. However, it's like, (sighs) can we do that a different way? Right. Now, that being said... At least they aren't getting their hands on each
2: other every week, but they also kind of are. Yeah. Because it's not like they've been playing nice
1: as a tag team. Sure. But this brings up... But it allows them to get beat, I guess and it builds dissension. I don't know. But this brings up the point that you, you and I were talking about earlier off the air. Um, Reigns is getting better at, on the mic.
2: Yeah. I at mean, at least in his
1: confidence. His, his Yeah.
2: I mean, he's really, well, he's also really starting to lean into a cocky, arrogant persona that we all felt like he could play really well. Uh, like this is the, if, if this continues on with, you know, Reigns, Playing this character, this is the this is the reigns we all wanted to see. It's not that we hate Roman Reigns, you know. We we don't hate we don't, mean, hate we we don't hate we don't hate the the guy, right? right? We don't even necessarily hate the performer and the performances he does. Sure, we just don't like the character he's doing, and also and how how the- they tell him to do the performance exactly. Like if they booked him. To, you know, lose fights, or if they booked him to not just hit one fucking spear and be done after eating eight finishers, like, that would be better. But that's
1: not his call. Right. That's not, I mean, you can't blame, like, Anawai, the guy, for that. Yeah. Or even say that he
2: had a bad performance doing it. Because he could, you know, he could, he does have good performances. It's just we know how those performances are going to ultimately end up, and, and it's, it's just like it's ugh. definitely interesting if I you really look like, at
1: if you look at the build for his cousin, The Rock, because The Rock started off in a very similar arc where he, I mean, not quite as big a push as Rocky Maivia, but he did get a push as Rocky Maivia, and the crowd hated it. I mean, people forget because they look at it through rose-tinted glasses that. People were chanting, die, Rocky, die. And that was because they, it wasn't because they hated him in a way that a heel has heat. They hated Rocky the same way that they hate because Roman. Same way they hated John Cena. Exactly. it's just
2: super pushed, bland, why should we care about you at all, babyface.
1: And it turned out well for The Rock because he took the borderline heat he garnered as a face And transitioned it into a cocky heel character. And then that got him over with some of the smart, you know, the smarter marks. And then, well, yeah, he just started being funny. Yeah. And I think that Roman could pull the same kind of thing if he can just turn this ship around. And I think that it's not unsalvageable. I mean, he's obviously aware of this because when he does interviews and people go, Oh, do you want to turn heel? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, listen to the reaction I'm getting. I think that, Hopefully WWE backstage will let him just go more off the cuff. I think that he's gotten better on the mic and he's more capable now than he has ever been to cut decent promos on people. He's not doing the pre scripted bullshit of like suffering dash. He's going out there. I kind of honestly like the fact that he referred to Bobby Lashley as Bob. I thought it was just like that's weird. Yeah, no, it's it very disrespectful. It was it's rude. Like, rude. That's it was- not my name. It'd be like if I introduced you as Robbie. It's like that's not your name. You you go by Bob. That's what you like to be mm-hmm. called. So if I was just like, I don't like recording this Rodcat podcast with Robbie, you'd be like, "Fuck you, dude!" Right? Well, it's double fuck you. I I liked it. I thought it was a good promo he cut. Um, I'm interested to see where they go with this because Bobby has not been a heel. He's been mostly face working and working with faces. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if they are going to pull the trigger on. Roman going traditional heel anytime soon, especially if Dean Ambrose is coming back off the mend. However, it would be very interesting when Dean Ambrose does come back, if they put him back with Rollins and Reigns as the shield. And for a long time, people have rumored that Dean would be the one to turn heel because they were like, Rollins did a fantastic job at it. Mm -hmm. He proved that he works amazing as face or heel. However, a lot of people thought it was going to be Dean Ambrose because a lot of people felt like he worked better as a heel. Mm -hmm. But Dean Ambrose pushes merch like crazy as a face and not as a heel. He's not a heel that would push merch, I don't believe, as well. Mm -hmm. But he pushes a lot of merch as a face. I mean, for fuck's sakes, in a lot of their video games, they push big segments of the game as Dean Ambrose segments. Um, He clearly has gotten over. He's got his fan base in WWE as that unhinged new age Mick Foley kind of person. He'll do anything. He's crazy. Uh It would be very interesting to see if they reform the shield and then have Roman turn and beat down Seth and Dean. And also arguably more believable in terms of his size that he would be able to take both of them out. Sure. Seth got over on the two of them because he got the element of surprise. Mm -hmm. And then after that, he was a, the architect, the chicken shit planner who had goonies come out and squash people for him. I think Roman, you could push as that, big heel who's like, no, I'm big enough to spear both of you. Uh-huh. It'd be an interesting way to do it. So that was Raw this week. Um SmackDown. Um there was there was I think arguably for me in the two hours of Smackdown, more stuff that happened sure. than on Raw. Sure. Um we had uh Hardy doing a US Open Challenge. Um like we mentioned before uh Nakamura was Attacked, bit. bit
2: by a security dog. Um, so his leg was injured, he was not wrestling. So we had no, we talked about that last week, didn't we? I think so. Well, if not, that's what happened.
1: So, um, so we're not reviewing last week's show, right? We're this is this week's show, yeah. Okay, uh, so Hardy yeah, had that was this the
2: Fourth of July show,
1: f- yes. Uh, so we had Miz come out and answer it. Uh, ultimately Hardy gets the win and retains uh, Jeff Hardy was like dressed as a bald eagle that's right he, he had the weird the, face the pain. crazy America paint uh, we had a pancake eating competition with the New Day it was red white and blue pancakes it was a uh, funny I actually kind of wanted them to just do the show um, right. even though it was a comedy segment I was sort of into it they had a lot of funny <laughs> jokes uh, Byron in that fucking Gary Indiana right. music man hat that was so funny uh-huh. uh, but it was interrupted by Sanity who got the beat down um, we had uh, Asuka versus James Ellsworth and then a double countout. I am actually kind of intrigued to see this Asuka-Ellsworth mini-feud going into the championship. However, the only thing that I... I it's a way to keep Asuka and Carmella, Carmella are, away from each other. Relatively. I mean, at least not they're not having matches together. I like yeah. it a lot more than that. Um, and it's also interesting to see them do legit intergender Matches, yeah, because you, an, the,
2: another match is set for next week, and they're doing a lumberjill lumberjill
1: match. They, I think they said female lumberjack, but yeah, lumberjill match next week um, to to keep them in the ring to fight each other because Ellsworth is the reason for the double out. He he ran, he ran away, ran yeah. Um, and then and I'm interested. I think it's it's interesting. It keeps Carmella and Oscar apart. Um. I just, the only thing I don't like about it is the fact that it keeps Carmella at ringside all the time for it. So it means that they are getting their hands on each other more often. But I do like the fact that, hey, at least it's not
2: officially sanctioned matches. Exactly.
1: Um, Daniel Bryan and Kane talked in the ring about, you know, they had a little bit of beef about Daniel Bryan still not trusting him. The Usos came out and cut a, a pretty good promo about how, how it's not fair that just because K- Daniel Bryan and Kane hugged, they get a title shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked their line about, hug, we'll hug now. No, we'll hug three times. That means that we get three championship matches. As I thought it was a pretty good p- promo. Usos have really, the last year and a half, well, um, yeah. not just in-ring dominated the tag division, but they have really dominated on the mic. They do really good promos. And I'm glad that this revamp of their character, Not not that this is news to anyone who's been watching, but you know, the last year and a half, two years, the revamp of their character has just been fantastic. And I'm so glad that they get to just come out and just be heels on the mic and it doesn't feel forced. Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden English was defeated by AJ Styles. Rusev put on the accolade. Uh, Becky Lynch got another win over Peyton Royce. I mean, it's weird because they give her a little bit of push in this mid card and then have her lose when it matters. Uh, Even though
2: she see. has the winningest record on SmackDown, it's
1: crazy, dude. And she is a former SmackDown Women's Champion. They just, for whatever First reason, ever. for whatever reason, they just, you know,
2: yeah, they never give her the big ones.
1: At least not of late. And then finally, the Usos fought Team Hell No. Team Hell No got the win. Uh, yes, chance. And then the Bludgeon Bros came out and gave a stare down, and that was SmackDown. Bob, what do you think about how the storylines are developing between Raw and SmackDown right now?
2: Uh, I mean, it's fine. Um, My issue is that both shows are really hindered just by unnecessarily gimmicked pay-per-views, because it's an Extreme Rules match. It's a pay-per-view for Extreme Rules, and right Right. now we have one Extreme Rules match, which is... uh, the women's championship, Naya versus Alexa, and we have a thirty-minute Iron Wait, Man. Wait, is that confirmed? Yeah. Okay. And we have a thirty-minute Iron Man match, which isn't extreme rules per se. I mean, between Ziggler and Rollins, it'll be a, it'll be a good match. It'll be a good match, but that's not extreme. There's no, you know, no also, DQ. It's not a
1: chairs match. It's not a ladder match. It's not a also, the last several years, Extreme Rules has just not felt extreme at all.
2: Well, last year's Extreme Rules, of fucking that was the Kendo stick on a pole match pay per view. Yeah. But like I think that was the only like extreme, extreme stipulation on like any And it was of,
1: not very good.
2: And it was fucking pointless.
1: We went to the Extreme Rules 2 years ago? 3 Well, years yeah. Ago. I mean, that had the Asylum match. The Asylum match with Tax. The Asylum match was slow until the end and then it really ramped up. Yeah. Um
2: I think Roman and AJ had some kind of like no DQ. Yeah, they had a no DQ something. because we saw a lot of like table spots yeah. and stuff. Um, but the last couple of years, there are no other. So that's. You were talking about what do I think of the storylines on Ron's SmackDown? They're weird because it's like, aren't you supposed to be having extreme roles? Yeah. You have one. It's not very And true. how are. Like no, where gonna, are these? In the, the story, garden. and then all of a sudden, next week it's just going to be like, all right, well, you guys have ladders, so now you're in a ladder match, and um, it will feel um, it will feel a little. And I just
1: feel like you could have told this story. I mean, unless Braun Strowman versus. Or, KO involves you know, something with the with the gimmick. Props just go back to generic named pay per views exclusively. Sure, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think that there are some that work. Money in the Bank definitely works. Yeah, in terms of gimmick pay per views, and yes. the, and obviously the Rumble and the big the big one Survivor yeah. Series. I mean, even Survivor Series is iffy. I mean, but you have you always have your your traditional Survivor Series matches. Yeah, but that's
2: still like usually. It's forcing a match at a certain time
1: for the last couple little of years, reason. The last couple of years, not so much, but pro- just prior to you getting into wrestling, the Survivor Series matches were heavily integrated into the storylines. Like when John Laurinaitis was in control of Raw um, as the general manager, like the Team Laurinaitis versus Team Cena. I mean, there's the Authority versus Team Cena was another one. They've integrated that very well in the past. They just, as of the last couple Survivor Series, have just been like, oh, fuck. Okay, five on five for something. Like last year, they did this team blue versus team red or whatever. And
2: It'll probably be that again this year. For- po-
1: possibly, but they have found ways to make Survivor Series count in the past. And also, it is one of the big four, and it is one of the longest running ones they have. So I don't think they'll, lo- they'll lose that. Money in the bank I think is good. Obviously, the Rumble is fucking gold. Yeah, but to have a pay per view, f- I don't
2: mind extreme or I don't mind Elimination Chamber as like the follow up sure. for the Rumble
1: especially because it leads into into mania because it, yeah. you can change up the title picture going into mania mm-hmm. because now if somebody has committed to which belt they're going for and then all of a sudden it's a different champion you have an uh, uh, an out or an opportunity but, to change things up
2: but TLC should not be a pay-per-view probably not at uh, this at this stage hell in a cell not. should not be a pay-per-view
1: mm, i mean they it, should
2: use hell in a cell matches sure. when the story calls for it sure. but hell in a cell should not be a pay-per-view they I'm, should call it, some, you know, just use generic names so you can at Payback use hell, a Hell in a Cell match. Sure. Or at
1: Roadblock I feel like, use a, you know... I feel like Hell in a Cell is their version of, like, the Halloween Havoc of it's October, it's time for Hell in a Cell, spooky.
2: Yeah, but they don't do it don't,
1: spooky. But it like, also it also winds up feeling forced a lot of the times. There are times where they build up feuds appropriately in the right time frame for it. Mm-hmm. And then there are times where it's like, oh, fuck, the next Payback is Hell in a Cell. You guys are fighting in a cell. A fight in a Hell in a Cell should be the blow-off for a feud. That should be a, a, a like, honestly, like, Shinsuke and, and, and AJ should have blown off their feud in a match like that, where it's like, you're stuck in here. There is no escape. It doesn't matter if he punts you in the dick a thousand times. You're stuck in the cell until we have a fucking winner. Uh-huh. No countouts. No DQs. You're in the cell. Finish this shit. Yeah. Hell in a cell should feel like that. And in the past, there have been matches that felt that way. Um, wasn't it KO and Roman a couple years ago during the pay-per-view where we had Sasha and Charlotte? I think it was KO and Roman had a really good match. No. Or was it? That
2: was Rusev-Roman. Rusev-Roman, With right. With the fucking chain accolade on the steps that, Rusev- that Roman powered out of.
1: Um, but they had a pretty good match otherwise. Um and and Sasha and Charlotte had a very good yeah, Hell in was a Cell
2: performance. KO Seth last year, I think, for the Universal title.
1: So it's it's one of those things where um you know, Hell in a Cell has even as, as of, of recent years, has been done effectively here and there. But I agree with you that by having the pay per view called Hell in a Cell, it's like, well, now we know what we're getting. Yeah. There's no, there's no shock to it. Like, with a steel cage match, because there's no steel cage match pay-per-view, it, there's still shock to it when it's like, oh, by the way, this next match is going to be a steel cage match. Which, the stip in and of itself has some issues that we've both expressed before about the door and about... It's just the door. That's the issue, really. Well, I also feel like pinfall... Like, here's the thing, is that it's weird that in the blow-off for your feud, the objective is to get out of the cage with the other person. But it is... There's a lot of strategy to it. I feel like it should be either... Pinfall or submission in the in the cage, and that's it. Or you have to escape by getting over the top of the cage. No door. There have been some well done door spots before, and I get that. That's the reason the door is there. Is more often than not, people win by going up and over than the door. But you can mm-hmm. do you can do things more effectively, like the Roman and and Brock moment from Greatest Royal Rumble. You know, if that spot had been done in the door with a spear through the ropes could have been planned more effectively than the gimmicked cage panel, because that's where the controversy came from, whether they intended it that way or not. That's where the controversy came. And maybe they did intend it for it that way. That's entirely possible that we're being worked and they intended for that to be the outcome where Roman got his feet down first, technically, but they call it for Brock. However, that's absolutely the intended outcome. But I mean, it could, also technically,
2: technically, he didn't get his feet down first.
1: I mean, sure. I'm just saying he
2: got his feet caught in the rope
1: apron. Either way, it, it's, the, it's the door. I'm not a big fan of, but I agree with you that maybe we should do away with pay per views that are named after the gimmick match for the most part. Like I said, I think I think Money in the Bank definitely works. Yeah, and I see I, what you're I the elimination probably chamber.
2: would move it to be right after Payback. Because I like how it's you know mania obviously is mania, and you're sure. not t- you're not touching mania that's the big one sure. like uh and then right after mania's payback where they can kind of finish up their mania
1: fuse the ones that aren't finished at mania yet. right like I get that that's what, and, great and then elimination and then Chamber?
2: I would do uh or I'd do elimination money Chamber? in the bank money in the bank because yeah, that fair. like is almost your kick-starting of the new year Season, yeah
1: that would be a g- I would love that. Bob for WWE creative. Um, so real quick, I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way before we get to the news and wrap up the show. Uh, they had this MSG house show, and, uh, I did not watch it. It, because
2: well, it's a house show. You can't watch it. Didn't they MSG show it on the network? Go to it. No,
1: no, they didn't show it. It's on the just network. a house show. Um, cause it's in MSG. The broadcast uh, rights out of MSG are not so right. So anyway, here's what happened at the house, at this house show in Madison square garden. Uh, Bobby Lashley defeated Jenner Mahal with Sunil Singh. No shockers. Cedric Alexander retained against Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight. No surprise. Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt defeated Titus O'Neill and Apollo Crews and Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas, the B-team, in a Raw Tag Team Championship triple threat, which I'm a little surprised that they put Axel and and Dallas in a match where they would get their hands on Hardy and Wyatt. I get it's a Hal show, so that's fine. But at such a high-profile event, regardless of whether or not it's on the network, it's just sort of shocking. I mean, it's it's a like you wouldn't be upset about this if this was in Altoona, Pennsylvania. Probably not.
2: Like it's it's a house show, sure, right? It allows you know Hardy, Wyatt, and the B team to like practice spots for the pay per view, sure. With without you know B team getting the loss, that's fair. You know, Uh, the Titus Worldwide gets the pin, and that's that.
1: Bailey, Ember Moon, and Natalya defeated Liv Morgan, Sarah Logan, and Alicia Fox. Alicia Fox back in the ring. Because... Uh, Ruby, we'll, Ruby Riot we'll get to important. that. Uh, Mojo Raleigh defeated Bobby Roode. Uh, Dolph Ziggler with Drew Bacchett de- defeated Seth Rollins and Finn Balor in an IC uh, belt triple threat. Kalisto, Grand Metalik, and Lince Dorado, the, what are they calling themselves? The Lucha House Party. Lucha House Party defeated Drew Gulak, Jack Gallagher, and the Brian Kendrick. Ronda Rousey defeated Nia Jax in a match with Alexa Bliss as a special guest referee. And The Undertaker and Braun Roman and Roman Reigns, (laughs) the, the team most push, or something like that. You know, we'll call them team can't be stopped pushed. Uh, defeated Kevin Owens, Elias, and Baron Corbin. I'm sorry, Eric Constable Constable. Baron Corbin. Uh, They also announced that they'll be back for an MSG show on December 26th as a SmackDown live event where they advertised AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe for the WWE Championship. Spoilers, guys. Uh, With Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Card is obviously subject to change. So that was the Madison Square Garden House show. Your thoughts on any of that if it mattered it doesn't matter it's a fucking house
2: show it never really mattered i mean yes i know you're about to say but dude they just did you know a title change at the msg house show like last year which they did they did but 99.98 percent of house shows don't fucking matter
1: and that is fair uh to the news babarino i got a bunch of news articles written down i'll just read them off and then we'll talk about it real quick sure. and wrap this up uh real quick uh going back to lesnar uh mm. in the ufc obviously there have been rumors swirling that with his contract coming up are they going to take the wwe belt off of him uh is he going to leave wwe for ufc is he going to split time between the companies obviously the companies have been having a uh I'll just say a more amicable working relationship
2: mm-hmm. in
1: the last year, because a lot of people were like, Oh man, Dana White's so pissed that Rhonda left, but Rhonda had, but Dana had even said in interviews, he didn't feel like Rhonda was in the right headspace to fight in the ring. Yeah. And she'd been going through a lot of stuff. Uh, obviously UFC even mentioned that she was the WWE women's or the, uh, in the contention for the women's championship. Going and in, going into her UFC stuff, they had name dropped her as being you know a, a WWE contender for the women's champion stuff in some of their stuff when they were talking about her going to the Hall of Fame, and WWE covered her going into the UFC Hall of Fame. Um, the companies have not been shy with talking to one another. Right. I mean, um, in all fairness, like they're different companies. They like, are, but in the past there had been sure, sure. Like I, if you don't want to say hostility, at least. Cold, but I think relationship. I think they got to respect
2: that they're different enough spaces where them working together is
1: best for both. It is on the same, on the same, on the same area though. However, counterpoint is that each of them challenges each other's credibilities in a different way because WWE is scripted. So when you start bringing in people with real fighting experience, it calls into question how real WWE is. And for UFC it's like this is legitimate fighting so when you start having UFC like you know wrestlers coming in and trying to hang in the in the UFC uh people start saying oh is this going to become heavily scripted now too um however they've had a better working relationship so the a big topic of conversation a big topic of conversation has been um Will Lesnar have the belt when he goes back to fight Cormier, the WWE belt? Uh, And is it possible that he works for both at the same time? Um, Because WWE has been pushing since the Lesnar thing happened last night at the fight, have been pushing it on WWE.com and have been talking about how he has a fight lined up now against DC. So it's interesting to speculate as to whether or not that you think that they will keep the belt on him. Going into that, I mean, you know, WWE would love to have him come out for a UFC title fight carrying the WWE belt, but you can't script that. Do you yeah. want your champion to have your belt going into a real fight where he could potentially lose? What do you think? Um,
2: I probably wouldn't put keep the have the belt on if you were them, listener
1: If you were like WWE,
2: yeah. Um, like you said, just, it could hurt the credibility of the belt, you know, for people who have credibility and to,
1: you know, yeah. And also Um, for, for UFC, the, the match and how bad it would look for them if he wore the WWE belt into the fight and then won.
2: I don't think that necessarily necessarily would look bad for UFC because it would just kind of prove that like the guy in WWE is a fucking monster.
1: Yeah, like, but it also would have people saying was this scripted? You don't think that that would be that people would be like oh this was scripted?
2: I don't I, I don't I don't think anyone would call cuz I mean it's Brock Lesnar. UFC fans know Brock Lesnar. They know he's obviously shown dominance in the past. Like they uh, he's he's a known fighter in the UFC if if That's this fair. was like Roman Reigns yeah. coming in and fucking beating somebody you'd be sure. like um bullshit <laughs> yeah. but it's Brock Les- like he's a former UFC champ. That's like, fair. so
1: yeah, he's got some credibility. Um, on to W onto wrestling injuries. First off, like you had said before, Ruby Wright is apparently injured. Uh, Dave Melter has gone on to observer newsletter and said that it is an MCL sprain. Yeah. It is not as bad as, it, as it was originally, uh, like, uh, uh, so bad with words sometimes reported reported to be, um, um, it is an MCL sprain. It's not a tear. She'll definitely be out for a few weeks and on limited duties for a little while, but she can still make TV appearances. Yeah. Um, and I mean, she kind of needs to. Yeah. There,
2: there's a group called the riot squad. And if she, they don't have Ruby, right. That's
1: so she won't be really limiting. She won't be doing any in-ring work or taking any bumps probably for a little while, but we could probably still see her on TV. Uh, Fandango put out a tweet announcing that he is injured. Uh, his tweet said, Hey, y'all, see you in six to question mark months. A lot of well wishes to him from various wrestlers and trainers on Twitter. Um, I mean, ultimately, we don't lose too much because Fashion Fashion Files hasn't been a thing for a little bit. And Brizongo has mostly been jobbing um, for a while since... Jesus, for months since their last... WWE tag team titles opportunities. Well, on Smackdown. I think they, no, I think they technically won their first
2: match on Raw. Like they came out and like shocked sure. some team by winning, but.
1: I, but it's usually not in them, it's usually not for their own push. It's for another feud. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, they get a win because another team distracted another team typically. Uh, also, in injury news, uh, Takahashi was fighting Dragon Lee at the New Japan G1 special. Uh, and I don't re- I don't remember the name of the move that got hit, but Jesus Christ, a um, Phoenix Plex, I think, and it looked bad. And there are reports that Takahashi may have broken his neck. Um, you watch the clip? I refused to so, watch the clip. So,
2: uh, the reports are, you know, I the he hits the the Phoenix Plex. It looks rough. It does. Um, but then they carry on through the match. And, uh, he goes to hit a time bomb, his finisher, and I guess has a really hard time, you know, is not holding him up. Well, uh, pins him, gets the win, retains his belt, um, goes backstage and then like collapses.
1: I mean, it. I I couldn't watch. I had to I had to pause the clip right before the uh, the impact. Yeah, Corey I does like, not do well do. with injuries, uh, specifically like those neck spots. Like you know what I mean. Like it's it's I don't like seeing broken. I don't like seeing any injuries. Obviously, nobody really wants to see injuries. Um, but it's one thing to see like a dislocated elbow or shoulder, versus seeing someone break their fucking neck. Not into it um i don't know i think you're making
2: it out to be like it's bad it's bad. it just looks like a really rough bump on someone's neck sure like you go and you're like oh you shouldn't have landed like that but sure. it's not like you're gonna look at it and vomit no of course you know, not. it's not like his head is like dangling off at a rough <laughs> angle
1: like, i mean sure and and we were talking earlier about how kurt Russell, kurt angle won a fucking olympic gold medal with a broken neck yes so i believe wrestling fans have heard that story. That's true. That's damn true. With a broken freaking neck. Uh, Last injury news, Bray Wyatt missed Raw this week because he was in a car crash.
2: Yes, but uh, as uh, seen by the fact that he wrestled on that house show, he's fine. Um, Or at least nothing too uh, serious he, uh, he
1: tweeted out right that he was fine something like that well or a statement in, out. in
2: typical bray wyatt fashion he tweeted nothing can kill me i'm unstoppable or some mumbo jumbo <laughs> but
1: always be working baby uh and then uh final two pieces of news that i have here uh first off kenny omega was talking to jim ross on the jim ross report i believe was where the <laughs> interview was happening don't ask me. I don't know where you're going. No, no, with this. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was on the Jim Ross report. That was me musing to myself. Uh but he was doing an interview uh and he was talking about the possibility of coming to WWE. Would he be open to it? Um And in the past, he had been a little bit more cryptic about it and saying, no, I have a lot to do in new Japan. Um, but the last big time that we talked about Kenny Omega was two years ago, um, going into the Royal rumble and whether or not we thought we'd see him when his contract came up, obviously he signed the extension with new Japan, but his contract is coming up relatively soon. Um, And he was very open to the idea of coming to work with WWE. He had a lot of praises to say about people he wants to have matches with who are in WWE. Uh, The biggest one, I think being uh, Seth Rollins. He said, he's very excited to with the idea of wrestling, Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins. Mm -hmm. Um, He really went over on the Seth Rollins thing. He was like, I would love to have a feud with that guy. Uh, And talking about how WWE is just a, a wealth of talent right now. Um, You know, his big concern would be being lost in the shuffle. However, um he said if done right there's a lot of talent there and he'd be a fool not to consider going to what is the biggest market in the americas for wrestling um which also opened the door for the young bucks to get interviewed about uh what they thought about it and basically they used it as an opportunity to promote themselves because they're very good businessmen sure um and obviously a lot of their comments could be construed as even if they want to if they truly in their hearts want to stay in new japan by putting out there hey our contracts are coming up uh give us more money or we could potentially leave to WWE. But they even said that a lot of it would come down to what is right for their families. Cause both of I think both of them have kids. I know they're both married. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, you know, to be closer to their families and be in the United States. Now, obviously they would have a larger working schedule than they have with new Japan. Uh, so arguably, cause I, I mean, it's not like they are just new Japan. No,
2: no, I know. And they right? they're, Honor they're and, doing, they're, all sorts of places. They're they're probably hustling every every few days.
1: Yeah, but at least they have a little... I feel like they have more flexibility with those companies because they can tell those companies we're not taking bookings for a month to go spend time with their families if they probably. wanted to. Um, that being said, they both seemed open to the idea. So a lot of people are foaming at the mouth right now. Are we getting Bullet Club in uh WWE or at least the elite in WWE? Um I mean... I have I have to say, you know, I would be excited to see them. Obviously, all three of them come to WWE. Yeah. They can do amazing stuff. Uh, obviously, WWE. It, it leaked out that they had been on their radar for a while, and also WWE. I know we don't read too much into a lot of these things, but they did promote all three of them by name as title holders, by the title holder names, and reference their moves and their club on WWE.com for the up, up, down, down promo stuff. So it is interesting that at least they're in, they're in the sphere. They've been acknowledged by WWE by name. yeah. And I'm, I'm sure yeah. you'd be excited if they came too. Oh yeah. I mean,
2: yes and no, because at some point, like WWE needs to just like let other companies exist.
1: Right. But this isn't, this isn't their like only talent. It's not like they would ruin New Japan. Sure, they still have Skrull and Hangman. Sure, and sure, sure. I get it. I get it. You don't have to sell me on New Japan. No, no, no. I'm not selling you on New Japan. But, I'm like, just saying. I'm just saying that Bullet Club and New Japan would both be fine if all three of those went to WWE. But I'm I'm saying like
2: how many fucking people does, does WWE need? Like, I mean, they do have a lot of talent. They have so many people and, and they have some people so people that many of them aren't exactly. You can only have so many people on top. Like it's a wrestling promotion. That's the business. You aren't going to have every single person be world title holders. And if you keep bringing in all of these hot talents to not be the biggest guys, people are going to be like, oh, well, they're wasting their time. Like they could be doing so many other things. And unless that's fair. Right. Like, How- you, however, we do. And, we- and then it's like, okay, great. You got Kenny. Well, okay what about all the people who oh, go get Okada? And it's like, why would you want to get Okada too? Like, you can't keep having every per. like, you can't for- make every single person into a wrestling promotion. And, and that's fair. But for every Austin Aries... happy with it. <laughs> for every
1: Austin Aries and Neville situation, we end up with situations like Seth Rollins, and-, and look what they're doing now for McIntyre. I mean, when he was on the Indies doing his Drew Galloway thing, uh, he was crushing it. He was killing it. And now they've brought him into WWE. They've put him in the fold. They made him, they put him in the XT title picture. They brought him up to the main roster. And so far he's dominant and strong. He's a big dude. He's got this thing going with Dolph Ziggler. It's interesting. I'm at least interested to see where they go with it. They've started to make tease that they're going to put him in a feud with Roman, which would be very interesting to see. I mean, Drew's a big man. And he and he's got a he's 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 pretty agile for his size. He's he's great in the ring. I like him on the mic too. He's vastly superior to what he was, even pre three MB when he was hot in WWE. And then he kind of got squandered. He went on the Indies. He found himself again. Now he's back. He's looking great. And you okay. know and I'm just saying for every indie guy that they bring in and there's and there's problems, yeah. There are indie guys they bring in that sure. that work out legitimately. Sure. And I'm just I just don't I share your concern. Right. I for share, every Drew
2: Galloway, there's a Bobby Roode. I share your concern. Like I understand completely. Yeah, Bobby Roode followed all those things, but what the fuck is he doing now?
1: Right. Losing to gender. I I get it. And I and I totally share your concern. I feel like with somebody as hot as Omega and the Young Bucks, I don't feel like... I feel like it'd be harder to squander it. I'm not saying they couldn't, or that they couldn't do the old-school WWE, oh, you were a WCW guy? Time for you to lose every fucking match to Triple H. You know, look what they did to Booker. You know, I'm not saying that it's impossible that they could squander them intentionally or unintentionally. The club has
2: been nothing much as of late.
1: Sure, but maybe this is the thing that really... Re, re, like you know puts more life back into that whole thing, and you have Finn, AJ, Ga- uh, Gallows, uh, Gallows, and Anderson. Like you could do something interesting where if if you injected Omega and the Young Bucks, you could do a proper club stable, NWO style. No, we run both shows. It doesn't matter what show we're on. We're on all shows. We are the club. Fuck, have them show up at a random NXT fucking taping and just you know it's like what is. What is the club doing here? And have them just like kill Adam Cole turns on Undisputed Era. Oh my and joins God. The club. I'm getting goosebumps just <laughs> thinking about it. Just, or even better, the entire Undisputed Era just helps them. And it's just like, oh my God, wait a second. All of a sudden, you've got a, a, a storyline that is running through both main roster shows and the NXT program. And you're just like, the club is ruling everything. What do we do? have fucking Corey Graves come out and rip open his fucking nice blazer to reveal he's wearing a club shirt and just fucking Spike DDT's Michael Cole Uh (laughs) and Byron. It's a double. It's like a a Randy Orton hanging DDT. I'm just saying. There's a lot of cool stuff they could do with it. I feel like that could be the lifeblood to get that going. Not saying that they couldn't fuck it up. It's WWE. They fuck up a lot of stuff, but it could also be really cool. It's all speculation for now. Final thing. Also on the speculation train, people have been Talking about whether or not Daniel Bryan might leave when his contract is up. Mm -hmm. He did not sign a year, a multi year extension when he re signed his extension. Um, He's only there. His contract is up in September still. Yeah, it's around there. Um, he did an interview with Gorilla Press is, I think, who he did the interview with, where he was talking about um, his confidence in WWE storytelling, sure. or lack thereof. Um, and he had said that they, they had mishandled a lot of storytelling, in his opinion. Uh, and there's been a lot of rumors circulating that not only is it, fe- is it a feeling where Daniel doesn't feel like he's being used to his fullest potential, because they're they're kind of Leading with caution because of the head injuries. Mm-hmm. They didn't let him fight in the ladder match, which I think might've been the right call, but still mm-hmm. um, armchair quarterback slash doctoring. Um, but a lot of people are saying that they're rushing storylines that they had intended to do for him long-term in case he leaves. Mm-hmm. So are there a lot of people saying that um, they feel like they're rushing this whole team? Hell no brief reunion thing and that they're probably going to rush the Miz thing and try to have that happen either at SummerSlam or before September. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to see what happens with that. Obviously, I hope Daniel Bryan stays because I like watching him on Raw, but you know, we'll have to see, or SmackDown, I mean, but we'll have to see what happens with that. Any thoughts on, do you think Daniel Bryan might be leaving?
2: Uh, I don't necessarily think he will i i mean between him and his wife they got really into the wwe family yeah uh,
1: she is on total divas or about right, be- total bellas i
2: right, i it would be i don't know
1: shocking it would be very shocking if he left i think
2: I, I i don't expect him to go
1: it would definitely change the dynamic for those shows because he's a main part of those shows mm-hmm. would him and his wife still be on wwe extended programming on the e-network if he left for the indies would they potentially see that as a storyline to cover yeah, it's hard to tell i mean yeah all right well unless you got anything else i think that's it we can get going Is that no? it all right cool hey everybody thank you so much yeah, for tuning in this squirts. week yeah or squirtles um anyway uh you can follow bob on twitter at bob beckety and also go to newsweek.com and search for bob Becky articles Give that man some reads. Write some good stuff. Doing the Lord's work. Sure. You can follow me on Twitter and all the social medias at CB Poindexter, and you can follow the both of us on Twitter, at Facebook, on at Small Package Pod. That's Pod like the band, but it stands for podcast. Make sure to write at us, tweet at us, read it on the show. We'd love your feedback. We want to know what you guys are thinking about the show. All uh, right. Well, we will be back next week, probably with an earlier edition for the Go Home shows because we are going out of town next weekend.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: We'll be out of town for the pay per view, but we're going to try to catch it and watch it. Uh, who knows? Maybe we'll do some sort of live thing from the road. I'll look into if Podbean can do that. Uh, but anyway, we'll be back next week with our predictions uh, and the go home show results for the Extreme Rules pay per view. Anyway, we'll be back next week. This has been Corey Point Engineer, Bob Peggy on the Small Package Show. Hey, Bob, pin with it.
0: Spooky, you, sir. <sighs>